0: And there are some things that are neither good nor pleasant, as malice, envy, and worldly sorrow. And there are some things that are both good and pleasant, as piety, charity, peace, and union among brethren. And oh, that we could see more of this among those that shall one day meet in their Father's kingdom and never part. And as they are brethren, so they are all fellow members. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular." 1 Corinthians 12:27. And again, we are members of His body, of His flesh and of His bones. Ephesians 5:30. Shall the members of the natural body be serviceable and useful to one another, and shall the members of the spiritual body cut and destroy one another? Is it against the law of nature for the natural members to cut and slice one another? Footnote: The party-colored coats were characters of the king's children so is following after peace now. End of footnote. And is it not much more against the law of nature and of grace for the members of Christ's glorious body to do so? And if you are all fellow members, so you are fellow soldiers under the same captain of salvation, the Lord Jesus, fighting against the world, the flesh, and the devil. And as you are fellow soldiers, so you are all fellow sufferers under the same enemies, the devil and the world. And as you are all fellow-sufferers, so are you fellow-travelers towards the land of Canaan, the new Jerusalem that is above. Here we have no abiding city, but we look for one to come. The heirs of heaven are strangers on earth. And as you are all fellow-travelers, so are you all fellow-heirs of the same crown and inheritance. Remedy 8 The eighth remedy against this device of Satan is to dwell upon the miseries of discord. Dissolution is the daughter of dissension. Ah, how doth the name of Christ and the way of Christ suffer by the discord of saints? How are many that are entering upon the ways of God hindered and saddened, and the mouths of the wicked opened, and their hearts hardened against God and his ways by the discord of his people? Remember this. The disagreement of Christians is the devil's triumph. And what a sad thing is this, that Christians should give Satan cause to triumph. Footnote. Our dissensions are one of the Jews' greatest stumbling blocks. Can you think of it, and your hearts not bleed? End of footnote. It was a notable saying of one, Take away strife and call back peace, lest thou lose a man, thy friend, and the devil, an enemy, joy over you both. Remedy 9 The ninth remedy against this device of Satan is seriously to consider that it is no disparagement to you to be first in seeking peace and reconcilement, but rather an honor to you that you have begun to seek peace. Abraham was the elder and more worthy than Lot, both in respect of grace and nature also, for he was uncle unto Lot. And yet he first seeks peace of his inferior, which God hath recorded as his honor. Footnote they shall both have the name and the note, the comfort and the credit of being most like unto God who first begin to pursue after peace. And a footnote. Ah, how doth the God of peace by his spirit and messengers pursue after peace with poor creatures. God first makes offer of peace to us. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's dead, be ye reconciled to God. 2 Corinthians 5.20 God's grace first kneels to us and who can turn their backs upon such blessed and bleeding embracements but souls in whom Satan, the God of this world, kings it. God is the party wronged and yet he sues for peace with us at first. I say, behold me, behold me unto a nation that was not called by my name. Isaiah 65 verse 1 Footnote Behold me, behold me. It is doubled to show God's exceeding forwardness to show favor and mercy to them. End of footnote. Ah, how doth the sweetness, the freeness, and the riches of his grace break forth and shine upon our poor souls. When a man goes from the sun, yet the sunbeams follow him. So when we go from the sun of righteousness, yet the beams of his love and mercy follow us. Christ first sent to Peter, that had denied him, and the rest that had forsaken him. Go your ways, and tell his disciples and Peter, that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, as he said unto you. Mark 16:7. 7. Our souls, it is not a base, low thing, but a godlike thing. Though we are wronged by others, yet to be the first in seeking after peace. Such actings will speak out much of God with a man's spirit. Christians, it is not matter of liberty whether you will or you will not pursue after peace, but it is matter of duty that lies upon you. You are bound by express precept to follow after peace, and though it may seem to fly from you, yet you must pursue after it. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man can see the Lord. Hebrews 12:14. Footnote The Greek signifies to follow after peace as the persecutor doth him whom he persecuteth. End of footnote Peace and holiness are to be pursued after with the greatest eagerness that can be imagined. So the psalmist Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Psalm 34:14. The Hebrew word that is here rendered seek signifies to seek earnestly, vehemently, affectionately, studiously, industriously, and pursue it. That Hebrew word signifies earnestly to pursue, being a metaphor taken from the eagerness of wild beasts or ravenous fowls, which will run or fly both fast and far, rather than be disappointed of their prey. So the apostle presses the same duty upon the Romans. Let us follow after the things that make for peace, and things wherein one may edify another. Romans 14.19 Ah, you forward, sour, dogged Christians, can you look upon these commands of God without tears and blushing? I have read a remarkable story of Aristippus, though but a heathen, who went of his own accord to Achenus, his enemy, and said, Shall we never be reconciled? Shall we become a table-talk to all the country? And when Achenus answered, he would most gladly be at peace with him. Remember then, said Aristippus, that though I were the elder and better man, yet I sought first unto thee. Thou art indeed, said Askenis, a far better man than I, for I began the quarrel, but thou the reconcilement. My prayer shall be that this heathen may not rise in judgment against the flourishing professors of our times, who wet their tongues like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words. Psalm 64 verse 3 Remedy 10 The tenth remedy against this device of Satan is for saints to join together and walk together in the ways of grace and holiness so far as they do agree making the word their only touchstone and judge of their actions. That is sweet advice that the Apostle gives. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3 verses 14 through 16 let us therefore as many as be perfect comparatively or conceitedly footnote those who have reason to conceive themselves perfect end a footnote so be thus minded and if in anything ye be otherwise minded God shall reveal even this unto you nevertheless whereto we have already attained let us walk by the same rule let us mind the same thing ah Christians Christians God loses much and you lose much and Satan gains much by this that you do not, that you will not walk lovingly together so far as your ways lie together. It is your sin and shame that you do not that you will not pray together and hear together and confer together and mourn together because that in some far lesser things you are not agreed together. What folly and madness is it in those whose way of a hundred miles lies fourscore and nineteen together, yet will not walk so far together, because they cannot go the other mile together. Yet such is the folly and madness of many Christians in these days, who will not do many things they may do, because they cannot do everything they should do. I fear God will whip them into a better temper before he hath done with them. He will break their bones and pierce their hearts, but he will cure them of this malady. And be sure you make the word the only touchstone and judge of all persons and actions, to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Isaiah 8.20 It is best and safest to make that, to be the judge of all men and things now, that all shall be judged by in the latter day. The word, saith Christ, that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. John 12:48. 48 Make not your dim light, your notions, your fancies, your opinions, the judge of men's action, but still judge by rule and plead, it is written. When a vain, importunate soul cried out in contest with the holy man, Hear me, hear me, the holy man answered, Neither hear me nor I thee, but let us both hear the apostle. Constantine and all the disputes before him with the Arians would still call for the word of God as the only way if not to convert yet to stop their mouths Remedy 11 The eleventh remedy against this device of Satan is to do much in self-judging Judge yourselves and you shall not be judged of the Lord 1 Corinthians 11.31 Ah, were Christians' hearts more taken up in judging themselves and condemning themselves they would not be so apt to judge and censor others, and to carry it sourly and bitterly towards others that differ from them. Footnote. It is storied of Nero himself being unchaste. He did think there was no man chaste. And a footnote. There are no souls in the world that are so fearful to judge others as those that do most judge themselves, nor so careful to make a righteous judgment of men or things as those that are most careful to judge themselves. There are none in the world that tremble to think evil of others, to speak evil of others, or to do evil of others, as those that make it their business to judge themselves. There are none that make such sweet constructions and charitable interpretations of men and things as those that are best and most in judging themselves. Footnote. In the Olympic Games, the wrestlers did not put their crowns upon their own heads, but upon the heads of others. It is just so with souls that are good at self-judging. End of footnote. One request I have to you that are much in judging others and little in judging yourselves, to you that are so apt and prone to judge harshly, falsely, and unrighteously, and that is, that you will every morning dwell a little upon these scriptures. Judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Matthew seven verses one and two. Judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. John seven, twenty-four. Let not him that eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set it not thy brother? Romans fourteen three 10 and 13. We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Let us not judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will manifest the counsels of the heart, and then shall every man have praise of God. 1 Corinthians 4 5. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother, and judges his brother, speaketh evil of the law, and judgeth the law. But if thou judgest the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. James 4, verse 11 and 12. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. Romans 14:4. 4. One Delphidius accusing another before Julian about that which he could not prove, the party denying the fact, Delphidius answers, If it be sufficient to deny what is laid to one's charge, who shall be found guilty? Julian answers, And if it be sufficient to be accused, who can be innocent? You are wise and know how to apply it. Remedy 12 The twelfth remedy against this device of Satan is this. Above all, labor to be clothed with humility. Humility makes a man peaceable among brethren, fruitful in well-doing, cheerful in suffering, and constant in holy walking. 1 Peter 5.5 5. Humility fits for the highest services we owe to Christ, and yet will not neglect the lowest service to the meanest saint. John 13.5 Humility can feed upon the meanest dish, and yet it is maintained by the choicest delicates as God, Christ, and glory. Humility will make a man bless him that curses him and pray for those that persecute him. An humble heart is an habitation for God, a scholar for Christ, a companion of angels, a preserver of grace, and a fitter for glory. Humility is the nurse of our graces, the preserver of our mercies, and the great promoter of holy duties. Humility cannot find three things on this side of heaven. It cannot find fullness in the creature, nor sweetness in sin, nor life in an ordinance without Christ. An humble soul always finds three things on this side of heaven, the soul to be empty, Christ to be full, and every mercy and duty to be sweet wherein God is enjoyed. Footnote Humility, said Bernard, is that which keeps all graces together. End of footnote. Humility can weep over other men's weaknesses and joy and rejoice over their graces. Humility will make a man quiet and contented in the meanest condition and it will preserve a man from envying other men's prosperous condition. 1 Thessalonians 1 verses 2 and 3 Humility honors those that are strong in grace and puts two hands under those that are weak in grace. Ephesians 3.8 Humility makes a man richer than other men, and it makes a man judge himself the poorest among men. Humility will see much good abroad when it can see but little at home. Ah, Christian, though faith be the champion of grace and love the nurse of grace, yet humility is the beautifier of grace. It casts a general glory upon all graces in the soul. Ah, did Christians more abound in humility, they would be less bitter, forward, and sour, and they would be more gentle, meek, and sweet in their spirits and practices. Humility will make a man have high thoughts of others and low thoughts of a man's self. It will make a man see much glory and excellency in others and much baseness and sinfulness in a man's self. It will make a man see others rich and himself poor others strong and himself weak, others wise and himself foolish. Footnote. The humble soul is like the violet, which grows low, hangs the head downwards, and hides itself with its own leaves. And were it not that the fragrant smell of his many virtues discovered him to the world, he would choose to live and die in his self-contenting secrecy. End of footnote. Humility will make a man excellent at covering others' infirmities and at recording their gracious services and at delighting in their graces. It makes a man joy in every light that outshines his own and every wind that blows others' good. Humility is better at believing than it is at questioning other men's happiness. I judge, saith an humble soul, it is well with these Christians now, but it will be far better with them hereafter. They are now upon the borders of the new Jerusalem, and it will be but as a day before they slide into Jerusalem. An humble soul is more willing to say, Heaven is that man's than mine, and Christ is that man's than mine, and God is their God in covenant than mine. Ah, were Christians more humble, there would be less fire and more love among them than now is. Part 4. Device Against Poor and Ignorant Souls Fourthly, as Satan hath his device to destroy gracious souls, so he hath his devices to destroy poor ignorant souls, and that sometimes, by drawing them to affect ignorance and to neglect, slight, and despise the means of knowledge. Ignorance is the mother of mistake, the cause of trouble, error, and of terror. It is the highway to hell, and it makes a man both a prisoner and a slave to the devil at once. Ignorance unmans a man. It makes a man a beast, yea, makes him more miserable than the beast that perishes. Footnote. Ignorant ones have this advantage. They have a cooler hell. End of footnote. There are none so easily nor so frequently taken in Satan's snares as ignorant souls. They are easily drawn to dance with the devil all day and to dream of supping with Christ at night. Remedy 1 The first remedy against this device of Satan is seriously to consider that an ignorant heart is an evil heart. Without knowledge, the mind is not good. Proverbs 19:2. As an ignorant heart is a naughty heart, it is a heart in the dark, and no good can come into a dark heart, but it must pass through the understanding. And if the eye be dark, all the body is dark. Matthew 6.22 A leprous head and a leprous heart are inseparable companions. Ignorant hearts are so evil that they let fly on all hands and spare not to spit their venom in the very face of God as Pharaoh did when thick darkness was upon him. Remedy 2 The second remedy against this device of Satan is to consider that ignorance is the deformity of the soul. As blindness is the deformity of the face, so is ignorance the deformity of the soul. As the want of fleshly eyes spoils the beauty of the face, so the want of spiritual eyes spoils the beauty of the soul. A man without knowledge is a workman without his hands, as a painter without his eyes, as a traveler without his legs, or as a ship without sails, or a bird without wings, or like a body without a soul. Remedy 3 The third remedy against this device of Satan is solemnly to consider that ignorance makes men the objects of God's hatred and wrath. It is the people that do err in their hearts and have not known my ways. Wherefore I swear in my wrath they shall never enter into my rest. Hebrews 3, verses 10 and 11 My people are a people of no understanding. Therefore he that made them will have no mercy on them. Isaiah twenty seven eleven. Christ hath said that He will come in flaming fire to render vengeance on them that know not God. Second Thessalonians one eight. Ignorance will end in vengeance. When you see a poor blind man here, you do not loathe him nor hate him, but you pity him. Oh, but soul blindness makes you abominable in the sight of God. God hath sworn that ignorant persons shall never come into heaven. Heaven itself would be a hell to ignorant souls. Footnote They must needs err that know not God's ways, yet cannot they wander so wide as to miss of hell. End of footnote. My people are destroyed for want of knowledge, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will reject thee. Hosea four six. Chilo, one of seven sages, being asked what God had done, answered he exalted humble men and suppressed poor ignorant fools. Footnote. Rome saith that ignorance is the mother of devotion, but the scripture saith it is the mother of destruction. End a footnote. Remedy 4. The fourth remedy against this device of Satan is to consider that ignorance is a sin that leads to all sins. All sins are seminally in ignorance. You do err not knowing the scriptures. Matthew twenty-two, twenty-nine. It puts men upon hating and persecuting the saints. They shall hate you, and put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father, nor me. John 16, two and 3 Paul thanks his ignorance for all his cruelties to Christians. I was a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly. 1 Timothy 1.13 Footnote It seems right to note that the apostle does not allege his ignorance for which he was responsible as the ground of the mercy shown him, but only as the source and explanation of his sin and violence. The clause, but I obtained mercy, is parenthetic, and it is of importance to note this. End of footnote. It was ignorance that put the Jews upon crucifying Christ. Father, forgive them, saith Christ of his murderers, for they know not what they do. Luke 23:34. For if the princes of this world had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. 1 Corinthians 2, 8. Footnote. Aristotle makes ignorance the mother of all the misrule in the world. End of footnote. Sin at first was the cause of ignorance, but now ignorance is the cause of all sin. Swearing and lying, and killing and stealing, and whoring abound, saith the prophet, because there is no knowledge of God in the land. There are none so frequent and so impudent in the ways of sin as ignorant souls. They care not, nor mind not what they do, nor what they say against God, Christ, heaven, holiness, and their own souls. Our tongues are our own. Who shall control us? They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouths against the heavens, and their tongue walketh through the earth. Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge? Who eat up my people as they eat bread, and call not upon the Lord? Footnote. They did like Oedipus, who killed his father Laius, king of Thebes, and thought he killed his enemy. End of footnote. The Appendix Part 1 Touching five more of Satan's devices whereby he keepeth poor souls from believing in Christ from receiving of Christ from embracing of Christ from resting, leaning, or relying upon Christ for everlasting happiness and blessedness according to the gospel and remedies against these devices. Device 1 By suggesting to the soul the greatness and vileness of his sins What, saith Satan, dost thou think thou shalt ever obtain mercy by Christ, that hath sinned with so high a hand against Christ, that hath slighted the tenders of grace, that hath grieved the spirit of grace, that hath despised the word of grace, that hath trampled under feet the blood of the covenant by which thou mightest have been pardoned, purged, justified, and saved. Thou hast spoken and done all the evil that thou couldst, No, no, saith Satan, he hath mercy for others, but not for thee. Pardon for others, but not for thee. Righteousness for others, but not for thee. Therefore it is in vain for thee to think of believing in Christ, or resting and leaning thy guilty soul upon Christ. Jeremiah 3.5 Remedy 1 The first remedy against this device of Satan is to consider that the greater your sins are, the more you stand in need of a Savior. The greater your burden is, the more you stand in need of one to help to bear it. The deeper the wound is, the more need there is of a surgeon. The more dangerous the disease, the more need there is of a physician. Who but madmen would argue thus, My burden is great, therefore I will not call out for help. My wound is deep, therefore I will not call out for balm. My disease is dangerous, therefore I will not go to the physician." Ah, it is spiritual madness. It is the devil's logic to argue thus. My sins are great, therefore I will not go to Christ. I dare not rest nor lean on Christ. Wherefore, as the soul should reason thus, the greater my sins are, the more I stand in need of mercy, of pardon, and therefore I will go to Christ, who delights in mercy, who pardons sin for his own name's sake, who is as able and as willing to forgive pounds as pence, thousands as hundreds. Micah 7.18 and Isaiah 43.25 Remedy 2 The second remedy against this device of Satan is solemnly to consider that the promise of grace and mercy is to returning souls. And therefore, though thou art never so wicked, yet if thou wilt return, God will be thine, and mercy shall be thine, and pardon shall be thine. Second Chronicles 30.9 For if you turn again unto the Lord, your brethren and your children shall find compassion before them that lead them captive, so that they shall come again into this land. For the Lord our God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if you return to him. So Jeremiah 3.12 Go and proclaim these words towards the north and say, Return now backsliding Israel, saith the Lord. I will not cause my anger to fall upon you. For I am merciful, saith the Lord, and I will not keep anger forever. So Joel 2.3 And rend your hearts and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. So Isaiah 55.7 Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Or, as the Hebrew reads it, he will multiply pardon. So Ezekiel 18. Ah, sinner! It is not thy great transgressions that shall exclude thee from mercy, if thou wilt break off thy sins by repentance and return to the fountain of mercy. Christ's heart, Christ's arms, are wide open to embrace the returning prodigal. It is not simply the greatness of thy sins, but thy peremptory persisting in sin that will be thy eternal overthrow. Remedy 3 The third remedy against this device of Satan is solemnly to consider that the greatest sinners have obtained mercy, and therefore all the angels in heaven, all the men on earth, and all the devils in hell cannot tell to the contrary but that thou mayest obtain mercy. Manasseh was a notorious sinner, He erected altars for Baal. He worshipped and served all the host of heaven. He caused his sons to pass through the fire. He gave himself to witchcraft and sorcery. He made Judah to sin more wickedly than the heathen did, whom the Lord destroyed before the children of Israel. He caused the streets of Jerusalem to run down with innocent blood. 2 Kings chapter 21 Ah, what a devil incarnate was he in his actings! Yet when he humbled himself and sought the Lord, the Lord was entreated of him and heard his supplication and brought him to Jerusalem and made himself known unto him and crowned him with mercy and loving kindness, as you may see in 2 Chronicles chapter 33. Footnote. The Hebrew doctors wrote that he slew Isaiah the prophet, who was his father-in-law. And a footnote. So Paul was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and injurious, yet he obtained mercy. 1 Timothy 1.13 So Mary Magdalene was a notorious trumpet, a common whore, out of whom Christ cast seven devils, yet she is pardoned by Christ and dearly beloved of Christ. Luke 7, verses 37 and 38 So Mark 16, verse 9 Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. Jansenius on the place saith, It is very observable that our Savior after his resurrection first appeared to Mary Magdalene and Peter, that had been grievous sinners, that even the worst of sinners may be comforted and encouraged to come to Christ, to believe in Christ, to rest and stay their souls upon Christ, for mercy here and glory hereafter. That is a very precious word for the worst of sinners to hang upon. Psalm 68, verse 18. The psalmist speaking of Christ saith, Thou hast ascended on high, thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts for men, yea, for the rebellious also, that the Lord God may dwell amongst them. What though thou art a rebellious child, or a rebellious servant, what though thou art a rebellious swearer, a rebellious drunkard, a rebellious Sabbath breaker, yet Christ hath received gifts for thee, even for the rebellious also. He hath received the gift of pardon, the gift of righteousness. Yea, all the gifts of the Spirit for thee, that thy heart may be made a delightful house for God to dwell in. John Burden hath a story concerning a great rebel that had made a strong party against a Roman emperor. The emperor makes proclamation that whoever could bring the rebel dead or alive, he should have a great sum of money. The rebel, hearing of this, comes and presents himself before the emperor and demands the sum of money. Now saith the emperor, If I should put him to death, the world would say I did it to save my money. And so he pardons the rebel and gives him the money. Ah, sinners, shall a heathen do this that had but a drop of mercy and compassion in him? And will not Christ do much more that hath all fullness of grace, mercy and glory dwelling in himself, Surely his bowels do yearn towards the worst of rebels. Ah, if you still but come in, you will find him ready to pardon, yea, one made up of pardoning mercy. Oh, the readiness and willingness of Jesus Christ to receive to favor the greatest rebels! The Father of mercies did meet, embrace and kiss that prodigal mouth which came from feeding with swine and kissing of harlot. Colossians 1:19 and chapter two verses three and four. Ephraim had committed idolatry and was backslidden from God. He was guilty of lukewarmness and unbelief, etc. Yet, saith God, Ephraim is my dear son. He is a pleasant child. My bowels are troubled for him. I will have mercy. Or rather, as it is in the original, I will have mercy. Mercy upon him, saith the Lord. Well, saith God, though Ephraim be guilty of sins and sins, yet he is a son a dear son, a precious son, a pleasant child. Though he be black with filth and red with guilt, yet my bowels are troubled for him. I will have mercy, mercy upon him. Ah, sinners, if these bowels of mercy do not melt, win and draw you. Justice will be a swift witness against you and make you lie down in eternal misery for kicking against the bowels of mercy. Christ hangs out still, as once that warlike Scythian did, a white flag of grace and mercy to returning sinners that humble themselves at his feet for favor. But as sinners stand out, Christ will put forth his red flag, his bloody flag, and they shall die forever by a hand of justice. Sinners, there is no way to avoid perishing by Christ's iron rod but by kissing his golden scepter. Remedy 4 The fourth remedy against this device of Satan is to consider... That Jesus Christ hath nowhere in all the scripture excepted against the worst of sinners that are willing to receive him, to believe in him, to rest upon him for happiness and blessedness. Ah, sinners, why should you be more cruel and unmerciful to your own souls than Christ is? Christ hath not excluded you from mercy, why should you exclude your own souls from mercy? Oh, that you would dwell often upon that choice scripture, John 6:37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out, or as the original hath it, I will not, not cast out. Well, saith Christ, if any man will come, or is coming to me, let him be more sinful or less, more unworthy or less. Let him be never so guilty, never so filthy, never so rebellious, never so leprous, yet if he will but come, I will not, not cast him off. So much is held forth in First Corinthians 6, verses 9-11. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God, and such were some of you, but ye are washed, ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus, and by the spirit of our God. Ah sinners, do not think that he that hath received such notorious sinners to mercy will reject you. He is yesterday and today, and the same forever hebrews thirteen eight Christ was born in an inn to show that he receives all comers. His garments were divided into four parts, to show that out of what part of the world soever we come, we shall be received. If we be naked, Christ hath robes to clothe us. If we be harborless, Christ hath room to lodge us. That is a choice scripture, Acts 10, verses 34 and 35. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The three tongues that were written upon the cross, Greek, Latin, and Hebrew, John 19, verses 19 and 20, to witness Christ to be the king of the Jews, do each of them in their several idioms avouch this singular axiom, that Christ is an all-sufficient Savior, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. The apostle puts this out of doubt. Hebrews 7.25 Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Now he were not an all-sufficient Savior if he were not able to save the greatest as well as the least of sinners. Ah, sinners, tell Jesus Christ that he hath not excluded you from mercy, and therefore you are resolved that you will sit, wait, wait, Weep and knock at the door of mercy, till he shall say, Souls, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven, your persons are justified, and your souls shall be saved. Remedy 5 The fifth remedy against this device of Satan is to consider that the greater sinner thou art, the dearer thou wilt be to Christ, when he shall behold thee as the travail of his soul. Isaiah 53, verse 11 he shall see of the travail of his soul and be satisfied. The dearer we pay for anything, the dearer that thing is to us. Christ hath paid most, and prayed most, and sighed most, and wept most, and bled most for the greatest sinners, and therefore they are dearer to Christ than others that are less sinful. Rachel was dearer to Jacob than Leah because she cost him more. He obeyed, endured, and suffered more by day and night for her than for Leah. Ah, sinners, the greatness of your sins does but set off the freeness and riches of Christ's grace and the freeness of his love. This maketh heaven and earth the ring of his praise, that he loves those that are most unlovely, that he shows most favor to them that have sinned most highly against him, as might be showed by several instances in Scripture, as Paul, Mary Magdalene, and others, who sinned more against Christ than these, and who have sweeter and choicer manifestations of divine love and favor than these? Remedy 6 The sixth remedy against this device of Satan is seriously to consider that the longer you keep off from Christ, the greater and stronger your sins will grow. All divine power and strength against sin flows from the soul's union and communion with Christ. Romans 8.10 and 1 John 1 verses 6 and 7 While you keep off from Christ, you keep off from that strength and power which is alone able to make you trample down strength, lead captivity captive, and slay the Goliaths that bid defiance to Christ. It is only faith in Christ that makes a man triumph over sin, Satan, hell, and the world. 1 John 5.4 It is only faith in Christ that binds the strong man's hand and foot, that stops the issue of blood, that makes a man strong in resisting and happy in conquering. Matthew 5, verses 15-35 Sin always dies most where faith lives most. The most believing soul is the most mortified soul. Ah, sinner, remember this. There is no way on earth effectually to be rid of the guilt, filth, and power of sin but by believing in a Savior.
1: MONTON, Alberta, abbreviated capital A, capital B, Canada, T6L, 3T5. You may also request a free printed catalogue. And remember that John Calvin, in defending the Reformation's regulative principle of worship, or what is sometimes called the scriptural law of worship, commenting on the words of God, which I commanded them not, neither came into my heart,